Welcome back to God Books, the podcast where we talk to booksellers from all around the world. And welcome to this short Christmas series meant as a mini advent calendar to get you in the holiday spirit. From December 3rd to December 17th, we'll be publishing an episode every Monday and Friday. That's five Christmas episodes for you in which we're bringing back some of the booksellers that we know and love from past episodes so they can tell us how they're preparing their bookshops for Christmas, what books to get for the special people in our lives, and what they like or maybe don't like so much about the holiday season. Today's conversation may take you back in time, as my guest is Sean Bethel, whose books are the inspiration for this podcast and who was also our very first guest back in January. Sean's books are diaries of his time as a bookseller, all inspired by his many years of running Scotland's largest second-hand bookshop, fittingly called The Bookshop. You can find it in a small town where a thousand people live and 10,000 people visit every year, Wigtown, Scotland's national book town. I've invited Sean today to tell us how he feels about Christmas, what he does to prepare his bookshop for the holidays, and what books he thinks we should get as presents this year. Hi Sean, welcome back to God Books. Very nice to, to have you back. I want to ask you a lot of Christmas-related questions today, so this will be slightly different than the first interview we, we did. And I'm curious to know first, how are you preparing your bookshop for Christmas? Is there any special preparation going on in the run-up for Christmas? Everyone uh, everyone in Wigtown and in most bookshops goes to a great deal of trouble to make their shop window look really Christmassy, Christmassy and festive. Um, but I don't, so I wait. I don't know if you've ever read Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, but there's a character, yes. Ebenezer Scrooge. So I wait until Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas Eve, I get a piece of string and I hang a humbug uh, in the shop window, and that's it, really. I don't, because we don't really, our, our trade is more or less dependent on tourists. Mm-hmm. And at this time of year, we don't get really any tourists. So. Christmas for me, business-wise, is you know, is possibly the worst time of year. Is it okay? So we shouldn't expect if we come to your bookshop to see any Christmas lights, Christmas trees, nothing like that. No. <laughs> so what does Christmas look like then in the shop? When to when are well, you actually, open? Now, now that I'm married, my wife is quite likes Christmas, um, okay. so we do put a Christmas tree in the shop now, but it's reluctantly i don't i don't like it <laughs> against your your desires <laughs> yeah i have it's, there's a bit of a battle over it and so do you open on the 24th i imagine you you close on the 25th or what's the schedule like we open on the 24th and close on the 25th it's the only time of year that i get two possibly three days off in a row mm-hmm. um but the 24th is the day where most of our customers are farmers who've forgotten that it's Christmas and think, crap, I have to get something for my wife. So that's that's most of my trade on Christmas Eve. But between actually between Christmas and New Year, we do have quite a lot of trade. It's the time when, when the only time in the winter when we do actually have tourists and they're not really tourists they're people generally visiting their families for christmas and they're all desperate to get away from their families so <laughs> you know any shop that's open is a good excuse to for them to to not be at home so that's that's a it is one week when we do quite well um, okay the in yeah, between week between mm-hmm. christmas and new year we, we do quite well 
So you're the, the second person who, who says that, the second bookseller who tells me that the demographic in the shop slightly changes in the run-up to Christmas, like the, the day just yeah. before, with more men coming in looking for last-minute presents for their wives or daughters or but, basically anyone. But also between Christmas and New Year, the age demographic drops right down um, mm -hmm. because it is generally people visiting their parents. So okay. they'll, be, they'll be, on the whole, younger my definition of younger has completely changed since I <laughs> turned 50s. <laughs> I think now I think anyone under 60 is young. Um, but, uh, yeah, it always seems to go up a decade, depending it on does, yeah. <laughs> your own age. So what do they look for? What are some of the classic best sold books for Christmas or things that uh, people ask about when, when they come into the shop around this time of year? Well, we don't really have very many customers at this time of year. And I don't think what they look for particularly changes at Christmas because we don't we sell secondhand books we don't sell new books although this year I have bought a load of new books we're slightly with hopefully with Christmas in mind I'm trying to think uh, so things like I think cookbooks if, if it's new books it's totally different secondhand books really people don't mm -hmm. give us Christmas presents but this is things like that so um, Scottish Okay. Yeah, Sue Lawrence, who's someone I like very much. Um, uh, yeah, I'm banking on things like this. A dictionary Scottish of Scottish Dictionary. phrase and fable, okay. So mainly, for me, I, I think probably new Scottish books that are kind of interesting and a bit different, including, <laughs> um, you're lucky I'm right next to the new book section, <laughs> this. The Art of Wild, wild Swimming. Okay. Well, which, be, right. um, which, if you're really unlucky and end up on page 222, you'll find. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can see that. Oh, it's too small for me to see. Can you read it for me? Yeah, it's me, basically. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the, the photograph of me swimming. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to read the text and I didn't even look at the photograph to be Yeah, no, no. It's, uh, <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah, so things like that, I think. I mean, our Christmas trade is so small that mm. it's almost, I, I don't really bother. And so you mentioned yeah. people don't get secondhand books as, as presents. Uh, is there a reason for that, do you think? They would be perceived as uh, as cheap or <laughs> why don't they get I think so. I think, that, that's, I think that is the, the problem. Okay, interesting. Even an expensive secondhand book, I yeah. think there's a whole thing about Christmas where I think people want something that's brand new and shiny and in a box and you don't get that with secondhand books. So that's really, hmm. it sort of works against us, but then the rest of the year it's it's fine. People want things that are mm -hmm. cheap. Uh, yeah, we're, we, we suffer at Christmas. Because you could, you would think that maybe you could find something very special in a secondhand shop that you wouldn't find in, in a new books shop, right? And that could also be a really nice Christmas present, even though it's it's secondhand. But yeah, yeah. I mean, for from my point of view, yes, I think that's right. But I don't think many people want a dusty old book when they could have a brand new PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> well, let's I see. Think... Maybe now with the move towards sustainability, as well, people start to think about this a bit more. Hope so. <laughs> so let's make a little shopping list for six different personas that I have here. These are partially inspired from my own family. And this is partially... a really different 
<laughs> this is so so difficult, but go for it. Let's just try. So imagine that there's lots of shoppers coming into your shop trying to do their Christmas shopping. Maybe it'll happen this year. Um, I have and your list here. You have my list. Perfect. So let's start with a history fanatic uncle. What would we recommend for him? I would recommend probably depends on your interpretation of history or your view of history. Probably anything by Simon Sebag Montefiore who's a very good historian or if and it depends what period of history you're interested in or Antonia Fraser maybe she wrote some very very good historical books uh, mm -hmm. and if you're looking for maybe historic fiction you've got Patrick O'Brien who died a few years ago um, who's wrote great books about maritime history um, mm. These are all from a very British perspective, so that's three more than I expected I'd be able to come up with. So. <laughs> that's three choices for, for the uncle. What about a science-loving niece? So, I don't know, if you imagine a 12, 13-year-old girl who loves science, what would we get I her? have a perfect answer for this, which is, and my publisher will love me for saying this, my publisher is connected to an institution called the Wellcome Trust, which is a very scientific organization and they profile my publisher um, publishers on behalf of the Wellcome Trust so they do stuff or anything by the new scientist actually so the new scientist I think actually my publisher publishes new scientists books as well so there are books called things like does anything eat wasps or why don't penguins feet freeze and things like that so they're it's pop popular science, but they're they're good. You know, they're proper. There's proper science behind it. So yeah, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, next up, I had I wrote these very fast, so just bear with me. So fun-loving cousin. So someone who's I was actually thinking of one of my cousins who would probably only read something that's light-hearted, easy, you know, fun. What would I get for him? P.G. Woodhouse. Anything okay. by P.G. Woodhouse. <laughs> What about a grumpy dad? A grumpy dad, it depends whether he's, uh, th this is all, it's all quite hard because it, there's a big divide between fiction and non-fiction. Um, so let's, let's get him fiction maybe, if, if you can think of something. Grumpy dad fiction, I would pick probably, and mainly because I just heard a documentary about it on the radio, The Third Policeman by Flann O'Brien, which is, if you haven't read it, I would, I can't recommend it highly enough. It is such a good book. And it would probably make a grumpy dad even more grumpy because it's quite confusing. It takes you on a completely unpredictable sort of roller coaster, but it's a brilliant, brilliant book. For him to be even grumpier. All right. It might make him even more grumpy. <laughs> or alternatively, he might he might just get it and think, right, finally, someone understands me. Um, have reasons to be grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> What would we get for a, a lot less grumpy mom? Oh, this is really difficult. I don't want to jump into gender stereotypes. <laughs> um, yeah, this one is very generic, it's true. But I'd imagine like a, like a cheerful, you know, generally happy mom, maybe trying to compensate for the grumpiness of the dad. <laughs> what would she uh, maybe enjoy at Christmas? I'll tell you what I sell a lot of, to men and women actually, it's not a gender specific thing, is Agatha Christie crime novels. They are, if you just want something that's a bit of escapism, 
Agatha Christie's great. You, you can't really beat her apart from her and P.G. Woodhouse. <laughs> so they're, you know, they're both very well-known names, but I think they're both good writers. Mm-hmm. And finally, perhaps similar to, to The Grumpy Dad, but not necessarily, we all, almost all of us have someone in our lives uh, that is very difficult to shop for. You never know what to get them as gifts for Christmas, for their birthday. Maybe we don't know what they'd like to read. What would we get for this one person who never likes anything? Don't get them anything. <laughs> that's, that's a good answer. <laughs> Bugger them. <laughs> they don't like difficult. anything, we just don't get them yeah. anything. Perfect. Yeah. Problem solved. Pair, pair, pair of socks. <laughs> nice wool socks. Very good. Those were all my questions shopping list-wise. Now I have a couple of questions um, about kind of your relationship with Christmas. I'm wondering if you can tell me what is your favorite story set around Christmas? Well, I don't. I kind of don't really like Christmas. Um, I suppose. I mean, the obvious thing is to say a Christmas Carol, Dickens. Which is a, it's one of the few Dickens novels that I've read. And do you like yeah. it? Is it? I did like it actually. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Dickens is a good writer, brilliant writer, and I think, yeah, it's a bit obvious. But there's a okay, there's a brilliant poem by someone who's not known necessarily as a poet, Robert Louis Stevenson, called "Christmas at Sea." It's a, basically about a fishing boat that goes out around Christmas time and gets into trouble at sea and he can see the, the the narrator can see his the lights of his family home on the top of the cliff as the boat is being slowly wrecked and it's a beautiful beautiful poem mm. uh, and really sort of emotive so maybe actually that is what I'd pick as your favorite That's yeah never mind nice Dickens Robert Louis Stevenson Christmas at sea <laughs> all right I have to read that one um, next up, I wanted to ask you what you like and what you don't like um, at Christmas, but you already said you don't love Christmas that much, so maybe we'll start with that. Why Why don't you like Christmas? What annoys you about it? What annoys me about it is that I have to work through it, and everyone else in the area, my family, my, my sisters, my friends, it's the time when they they all get given holiday. And so they all come into the shop and they all think, oh, well, he can chat and have a cup of tea and a glass of wine or whatever, but I can't. I have to work every single day between Christmas and New Year. So that it's, although it's lovely to see people, it's a time when people have quite high expectations of you and you have, you have to work, basically. Okay. Well, that's a good reason not to love Christmas as yeah. much as everyone else. Is there something that you do like about it? Do you have a favorite thing to do at Christmas? Uh, the only thing I like about it is having two days off in a row. Um, <laughs> that bit. So Christmas Day and Boxing Day, and it, depending depending on what day of the week Christmas Day is, sometimes I even get four days off in a row, but it's pretty unusual. Yeah, I, the, the one thing I suppose I do like about it is that it's kind of, you know, it's a Christian festival that hijacked a pagan festival, which was the winter solstice. So after I, I get very, very seasonally adjusted, so I don't like the winter, but I don't mind it once we're past the 21st of December because the days start getting longer instead start of shorter. Things to look brighter. <laughs> so in a way, it's a kind of, 
it's a marker of a change of not it's not a change of season but it's a, a it is a change hmm. and if you will have two three maybe four days off this year what book will you be reading over that short holiday uh, probably the book that i started about two weeks ago and have barely made a mark on which is a book I, I my all my favorite books are books that people have recommended to me and this is one that someone recommended to me and it's called the book of ebenezer lepage and it's really barely known mm. so i think the cat's coming in um <laughs> so it's hardly i'd never heard of it until someone recommended it to me and it's a brilliant brilliant book but the the problem for me is that the type is pretty small and it's still you know it's a long book um i can barely get a second to myself because of my daughter and also i'm working on my next book which i've got okay. a really tight i've got a tight deadline for which i don't think i'm going to meet but i've <laughs> i've got to get on with it Is there a title for your new book already? Can you share? No, I don't yet? think so. I think I but my publisher has basically said they want another one. So it's going to be another diary. That's exciting. So, well, yes and no. It's exciting <laughs> less you have to sit and write the fucking thing. That's that's the problem with books they don't write themselves. Maybe. No. Maybe so. Well, it's, it's written the first draft is written, but I have to I'm working on the second draft now and it's Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm struggling because I just can't focus at the moment because of having a toddler. I can't blame her for everything actually. It's my own <laughs> fault. I'm making excuses for myself. So Well, you can. She she won't know yet unless you listen no, to she, this Well, she will do it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and finally my last question since you mentioned you you also have a little girl and as I told you earlier I I have a little girl coming in a week or so and I'd like to read to her over her first Christmas. Now she won't understand anything, so it's perfect time to read her whatever I want. But is there any Christmas story or non-Christmas story that you think I should read to her for her first uh, few weeks on the, on the planet? She won't have the faintest idea. You think <laughs> exactly. you think they're going to come out with a fully formed brain and understand everything <laughs> they uh, but she won't have a clue. I would sing to her and sing whatever christmas songs you like and i when my wife was pregnant with our daughter i sang i don't know if you know bar bar black sheep i don't okay it's a sort of nursery rhyme song and i sang that to my wife's belly when she was pregnant and as soon as freya was born whenever she was really upset if i sang that she stopped crying Oh, that's amazing. We've been doing that. Even now. I'll, I'll test that. We'll see if it Even works. now. But yeah, if you can find a, a, if there's a Christmas song that you like, Christmas carol that you like, I would sing that because that's something that somehow seems to get into a child's brain and it's something that they, I don't think they ever forget. Okay, well, that's good advice. So we were sticking to songs then for her first uh, few months and I transitioning would, yeah. to books later. <laughs> books are something that come along what i think i for me for us when freya went from having a bath in the kitchen sink to having a bath in the bath <laughs> that that was the moment when books suddenly became relevant yeah. although we always read to her but i think she started to get it and now she's two and a half 
she knows which way up books should be. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> Having said that, she still tears pages out of them every day. But anyway, <laughs> and avoid at all costs if you can avoid Peppa Pig. I will like, do my best. <laughs> it's like crack. Honestly, once once they've had one hit, that's it. <laughs> and um, then you have to listen to it as well. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah, all bloody day anyway. <laughs> all right, so Peppa Pig free Christmas then, and I'll I'll try to stick <laughs> to to more um, adult friendly sort of songs, and, <laughs> the songs that we yeah, enjoy. A nice a nice song. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Well, perfect. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to to maybe add in case um, I don't know for for people coming into your shop around this time of the year or any final thoughts? Well, no, no, on Christmas? No, no, nobody comes in at this time. <laughs> <if you laughs> but, but please do is all I would say. Um, Christmas is really for certainly for me and most of the second hand book trades. It's probably the worst time of year hmm. well more time to to finish your book then and we look forward to yeah. reading it next year then <laughs> that's very kind of you thank you <laughs> thank you very much Anne. thank you antonio i hope you enjoyed this episode in our christmas advent calendar join me again on monday december 13th we're staying in scotland and hopping over to edinburgh for a conversation with a very charming and fun booksellers from golden hair julia and david until then sit back relax and enjoy a good book